Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everyone, it is Red Men Originals podcast time. Uh, I am Paul Machen. I'm joined in the studio by a pair of Steve's, um, Steve Hall and Steve Plunkett, as well as Dan Club as well. Uh, we're going to be catching up on the week's action for the Reds first and foremost, two preseason friendlies under their belts. We're going to be having a good old natter about those and what we've learned really um, from both of the games, who's been the standout performers, etc. Uh, in part two, we're going to be discussing Jordan Henderson's legacy uh, and commenting on the, uh, the the Romeo Lavia rumours, which have reared their heads again. Dan was in here at the crack of dawn this morning, interviewing anyone who would anyone. dare to speak. Anyone, anyone. I didn't even have time to put shoes on. No. <laughs> if anyone's ever crossed paths, seen Romeo Lavia, I was interested in speaking to him this morning uh, and did so. Who did so, you speak yeah. to him? Uh, Sasha Tavlieri, um, Belgian football journalist, who's been front and centre and obviously tweeted the news this morning about the official bid, and uh, Jacob Tanswell as well of the Athletic, um, Southampton correspondent. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And we'll come on all of that uh, in part two, but let's start with the pre-season. Um, rather than sort of go through game by game, I thought it was it was interesting just to kind of get the shape of things from people, really. Um, kind of go around the room. Who's who stood out for you? Stay Darwin, Nunez. Um, again, you can't read too much. Can we get this all done out, out, no, out, no, out no, front and yeah, out yeah, the way? All caveats on like opposition and, and blah blah blah. I, I think there are certain things you can take from preseason, and the fact that he seems to have slowed down, I think is the one thing I've. You know that obviously looks like something he's worked on. Both goals in the friendly, yes, they set the second friendly, kind of show that. I've always thought with Darwin is that he's instinctive. And if he doesn't have to think about it, he'll be fine. Um, but the more time you give him, the more, I don't know, the worse he gets, basically. And I thought we saw a little bit of that in the first game when, for some reason, he tried to pass the Salah when he could have just scored. Mm. But in the second game, going round the keeper was the right move. The second goal where he took his time, he went round the defender and then slotted it. I thought that was interesting. And the link-up between him and Mo Salah, um, we saw glimpses of it last season, but obviously just not enough because Darwin fouled himself in and out the side and, he was and on, on, the the, wing. on the wing sometimes and, and stuff like that. But... There were there were moments where like there was an, a bit of an understanding. The obviously the the goal against Real Madrid is probably the standout. But even in that first game of the season, I remember the Fulham game when we threw Darwin up front and put him and Mo Salah together, and it looked like there was a little bit going on. So in that that that, that for me has been the key because I, I haven't been ashamed. Like I, I've I've said if you rank the plus five forwards, Darwin was number five for me. He's the one who's least likely to get in the team. But if he he's got you know he's been given the number nine shares, and if he if he can finish moves off like he's finished the last couple and he's, he's absolutely given himself a shot and especially if Liverpool might see Cody Gakpo as a midfielder um, or a midfield option in one of those number eights there might be something there for him but 
Listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a good link up with somebody, link up with the best player. You know, if you yeah, if you yeah, if you yeah. and the best player make each other look good, that's not you know that's not that's not not a bad thing, is it? So th- that's the one thing I've took from it so far. Is I've, I've been, you know, I've, I've been quite critical of Darwin Nunez, and maybe some people say too harsh on him a little bit, and perhaps that's right. But I think you can see now the the you know definitely coaching. Obviously, well, it's, it's it's there or thereabouts. It looks like it looks like he looks more like a Liverpool centre forward than this, this you know this chaotic agent, whatever we were calling him, like a bit of madness or whatever. He looks more like a centre forward now, which is encouraging. I think that's I think that's right, isn't it, uh, Steve Plunkett? I think that he looks yeah he looks more like a number nine. I think I, I think everyone kind of had that concern of well, particularly with Gakpo coming in and doing a, a really great Bobby Firmino sort of impression. Mm. Maybe Firmino plus. How is that going to fit in? How does Darwin Nunes fit in? And that you know I've been saying. All summer, he's in danger of falling in down to the the Divock trap of if you if you build a system around him as a number nine on the shoulder, then you, you'd get goals. You wouldn't play very good football, but you mm. might get you'll get goals out of him. But is he worth it? And that's the biggest sort of hill he's had to climb. And look, two preseason friendlies in, I, I agree with Steve. Him, the partnership with Salah has looked right. I mean, even his his cross for Salah's goal you know that's him that's him then stretching his legs out on the left wing it's a brilliant ball over to, to Salah as well they seem to have that, that thing going for them at the moment kind of reminiscent of the Everton goal that one wasn't it down the left and firing it across um, everything Steve said spot on he's not so frenetic now is he his runs, his run is, his, his movement is elite I don't think we can question that. The timing of his runs, the, the runs he actually makes are brilliant. Um, but but there's a calmness to finish the first goal yesterday, just a little round the keeper in a, in a slot. Didn't try and smash the laces off it, took it well. Um, yeah, he's been a stand up, standout for me. Uh, I'm also interested in watching Luis Diaz because obviously he had a bad injury last year, six six months out. Yeah. He come back and he, he looks like the Luis Diaz before his injury. Yeah. The first thing he does when he gets the ball is face you up and want to go at you. Yeah. And and I mean we loved Sadio Mane for that. That's the first thing Mane did, which was get you one on one and destroy you. And, and and Luis Diaz has got all that in his locker. Um, might be uh, more prolific than Sadio. Might be a better finisher for me. Um, Sadio missed a lot of good chances. You don't see that with Diaz. Maybe he doesn't get as many, and that might be sort of averages, the law of averages. But but. Really pleasing to see him. But that's been well. the big criticism of, of Diaz, I think, almost like in, in his absence, <laughs> people have really started to question his, his output. Mm. Does, is he going to score enough goals for us? What you saw in that performance yesterday was that he's, you know, Yeri will look to link up and there was some, some great little give and goes and stuff on the left hand side. But moreover, <clears throat> he was working himself into shooting positions. He has two, he yeah. has his goal as a carbon copy of a chance almost. He has a little bit earlier mm. where he works against the defender, gets that shot off, and that's. Going to be the difference. He's going to need someone to play off to do that um, more often because I don't think you can trust that defenses are going to are yeah. going to be at the level where you can dribble at them quite like that. But um, as you say, I think they'll it, figure him out. Yeah. They'll figure that out. They'll just. I think, it's it's well. I think it's interesting. Actually, you could actually say all five of them have had a really promising start. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jota, you can like a gap with Jota. You know, does Jota things in the, in the first game? Doesn't he scores two goals in a minute also? And mm. so I, I think in terms of the attacking options. If Ben and then Ben Doak, maybe if he, is he going to be the sixth one? I don't know how that's going to plan out. But if, if Liverpool, you know, maybe there's a bit of worry of you know big season, you lose Roberto for me. You know, you're going to replace him, or are you comfortable going with five plus a little bit of Doak and a little bit of Elliot and, and whatever? I think if the five stay fit first of all, I think I'm fine with that. Obviously, the is it when injuries hit and, and listen, Jota and Diaz in particular have had sketchy injuries. Nunes ended last season. Injured, it's only really Mo Salah and, and Gakpo so far, touch wood, who have been all right for us. So that is one, but I think all five of them will be, you know, look sharp. Yeah. They look really, really sharp. Mm. And if there are, you know, if there are concerns about maybe what's going to be behind them and how long it's going to take a new midfield to gel, 
what are we like at the back? Obviously, we're happy with the first couple of choices, but if there is some rotation, are we not? It might be that you need those lads, the firepower. You know, you might you might need to win a couple of free twos or whatever, and yeah. all five of them look like razor Well, sharp. that was the question <clears throat> sort of asked of the game yesterday, Dan, was I think someone someone asked me, why is Salah started the second half mm. of the team and not the first half team? And it was because, in my view, was because it was the second string team and it was a much weaker outfit. But, and it's the reason why we get a draw, is we put Darwin and Salah up front and their firepower alone was enough actually to get Liverpool to a, to a satisfying conclusion, if not a win. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's all about finding a balance, isn't it, in those sort of teams. And I think you're right. I think their second team was, in both games really, the second half side was weaker, certainly defensively, and that that's how it showed, obviously, could conceded goals in both second 45 minutes. Um on the Nunes stuff, it's interesting. We always spoke last year about what is his finish, like what type of finisher is he? And he showed different elements to that in this. I was really concerned in the first 10 minutes of the first game. Obviously, I was there. When he squared it, I was like, what are you doing? Like That was a real eye-opener for me because I thought, if you're not confident now, first 10 minutes of the first preseason game, if you haven't got it in you to take that shot off. Is that what you saw it as, a confidence thing? Yeah. 100%. I saw if you're not confident enough to take that finish on yourself and look to pass it on at that point, what are we dealing with here? Obviously, he gets a second bite of the cherry and finishes. So maybe from that moment on, he's, he's gone up a level. He's gone, okay, I can do this myself. But for him to not take that chance first time around was a little bit concerned. I, I agree. It was totally, it was concerned. And my, my thoughts are more the other way around of, he's taking this seriously enough. Like, you know, he's, <sighs> he's, he's there and he's going, well, we're in. Oh, it's only a friendly. Fuck it, I'll just square it to Salah. Because you, you're right. I think there's a little bit of, maybe, and maybe, that is confidence of like no I'm the nine I'm the main man mm. just get into the box and shoot he should have yeah he absolutely should have just yeah. taken that chance on but is there a little bit of you know he's trying to build a he's proved that he's built a relationship mm. with Salah by giving it to him it's a stupid pass he passes it a foot behind him <laughs> um Go on, That's the thing. Pre-season's about building partnerships, so it doesn't surprise you that Canate and Trent play in the first half and mm. then you've got Gakpo and Diaz, which is an emerging relationship on the pitch through Diaz's injury again. And then you've got the the relationship that's always been there and, and is growing every game in, with Salah and Nunes. So if you talk to any Liverpool coach or manager or any manager from years gone by, pre-season's about minutes in the, in, in the tank and building partnerships so mm. I think that's probably why they came on in the second half I also half. think it's been, I've, I've been interested where Alexis McAllister's played actually he's played on the right a little bit hasn't he as well as the left and mm. I just presumed he was pigeon you know rubber stamped to be the left hand side what Curtis Jones did at the end of last season but we've seen him move around a little. we saw Sobersly move around we saw Gakpo move around Alexander Arnold's played in midfield in both games but I don't know if we can draw too much out of that because of the lack of options like yeah. we haven't really got anyone else our right backs have been Connor Bradley and Joe Gomez predominantly, haven't they, for a little bit as well, or whatever. So I, that's the one that I think sometimes, I don't know if you agree, but like, and you said this a few weeks ago, you start learning things about Liverpool in pre season. I don't think we're at the point where we've learned that much yet, Bob, because if, now if, we, if we'd signed Alavia or Henderson and Fabinho were still around and Trent was in midfield, I think mm, we'd absolutely. all be like, Sam, what's Trent in midfield this yeah, year? I, I, I still think at this point in time, we don't know, we don't know the answer. My guess is. The, the fact that they're trying to invert Costa Simicast to play a little bit of invert and stuff, they still want to do it. So, mm. well, it says more that they actually they haven't got they're not really certain on their options for that. I think Costa is a bit of a he's a bit of yeah exactly, and Costa is a bit of a spare part. Mm. I mean, again, it's the, we, we kind of wanted to come on to it, but it's like what questions are still remaining. I think it's as much as I I can now say 
because we've been speculating on this for the week from up to, up until last week. What formation is going to be our main formation? And a lot of people are going, oh, I think we're going to go back to four three three. Definitely, we bought four three three. Well, the second that team came out against Karlsruhe, we're like, oh, four three three. If we're persisting with the the box midfield, and we're playing Connor Bradley in an inverted, well, and we're playing Simicas as inverted in the, in the other half. Then clearly that's what we're going for. Absolutely. We're gonna we're, we're continuing to train for that, which I think is interesting. So we I think we've got a greater handle on that. But you're right, it's cropped up a bunch of extra questions, and that one of is Trent will Trent be used as the DM at the moment? Yes, because we've clearly got less. We've got more lads who can play inverted than can play DM. The fact that McConnell plays it in the second half mm-hmm. yesterday. We've literally got none. Yeah, we've you know two ones two of them we got left behind and we saw James Miller they were the, they were the three number sixes yeah. and then Thiago was probably the other one and he's, and he's well, injured and Bajetti yeah. so yeah. all five if three had been gone all even and, and two were injured so at some point Trent might be the sixth choice DM yeah. fingers crossed we never have to get to a point where our sixth choice DM ever has to play yeah. but at the minute it go, I, know, I know we're going to speak on live here earlier and it, obviously I had Neil Jones and yesterday he said like the information he's had from people he's spoke to is that they're going to sign an out, an out, at least one out and out six and don't be shocked if they sign someone who can do it as well mm-hmm. and maybe McAllister become falls into that range maybe he can do bits of it but that's 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 the only thing disappointing is the wrong way but like, I would have liked to have seen that more I would have liked to have looked see what we look like with a DM with Trent moving inside to play alongside him mm. it's just so happened that obviously I don't think they were going to buy one until Saudi Arabia came to for that. basically the two lads who played more minutes than anyone yeah. in the field have been poached away so that's why there's question marks but I, the only other one, I and I'd like to, I'd like you all, you guys for to say, like, is Gapo is so fascinating to me mm-hmm. because he looks really good as an eight, yeah, like really, really good. And again, he can play nine. He's done, he's done a really good number nine impression. He scored goals, but I wonder if he's, a, is he a legitimate? What, what's Jürgen seeing him as? Is he seeing him as an eight, mm-hmm. a bit of a hybrid role, or what mm-hmm. is he? Because I've been, I think he's so good with his back to goal. Yeah, he's he's so good with his back to goal, and and he can definitely do a job in there. Um, at times, you know, you, you can see you can see a world where it's you know say it's Jota on the left, it's Nunes up front, it's Salah on the right, or the or whatever, and then Gakpo's one of the eight, a very attacking team. We saw Jurgen go to it at times he, last he's season. He's, he's, he's definitely, an, and he, 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 but he's not like I don't know, he's not like he's not like Shaw and Alex Oxley James on the right. He can, oh, he can play right wing, but he's not very good at it. Or I don't think Harvey Elliott's good playing right wing. Gakpo, he, he looks good. He's, he's like a legit option in there. Yeah, he can put Bobby in there a few times, and I didn't really. No, Gakpo. It, it was a bit. Yeah. Gakpo looks like he can be a proper eight. But if you go into the squad and look at what we've got now, and you've got McAllister and Sabozla, who can play slightly further up the pitch. I, I responded to your thing yesterday and said I don't like the idea of Gakpo being so so deep. Mm-hmm. I think the disconnect last season was we had midfielders who were trying to hold the three and then there was a big void between them and the front line and at times we couldn't break the lines and we gave the ball away and then we found ourselves defensively under pressure with Sabozlai and McAllister pushed slightly further up with the specialist six you've just referenced and then Trent coming in alongside him. You've almost got a double pivot you would be saying to Gakpo, come and disengage from the two wide lads. And I, and I think he's such a... I remember the year, I love watching him play. He's brilliant. Mm. And he will help us get over the, the difficulty of losing Bobby. I'd like to see him further at the pitch. Still with back to goal, but they can lay the ball off to McAllister and to Bosley mm. then, can't he? He'll be coming forward into advanced eight roles because they're not they're not ball recyclers. We didn't buy him to do... Henderson and Ronaldo and Mark II did we bought them because they look forward with the ball they're front foot players and, and we ch- I think we changed the way we've become much more possession based rather than winning it back and killing people in transition we might have the ball a lot longer and for me I think Gakpo is more effective slightly further up the pitch he's brilliant him I think what we mm. saw Dan from that game yesterday 
because I agree with I agree with your point. I want it, I want him in the final third. Yeah. But actually, I think we saw that as the as the half wore on. And again, my, it's just pure speculation at this point. But the issue we had last season was how weak we were through the middle of the park, mm-hmm. which is why we shifted to that formation. There's a there's a, a greater sense of responsibility being placed on those eights now because yes, I think they're 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 entrusted to be far more attacking than they've been in previous iterations of Klopp's systems. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they can't just we can't just have up front and hope that everything's going to be all right and I think you saw that with Gakpo I think he 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 just figured them out as the game went on. He figured out when he could make when, when he could start to arrive and that last the back end of that first half he just he just he just got into the game and was all and was all over the game in the first game Karlsruhe he was far more like a 10 mm-hmm. the way he played it but he did play he, he played he start, his starting position was deeper but again he, he became he was just phenomenal in that in that game yesterday. he was and he is he's an incredibly intelligent footballer so I think we're seeing that now in the fact that Jurgen Klopp is entrusting him to play an ace we've seen it at the back end of last season in the Premier League obviously he knows well, pretty much whatever instructions Cody Gakpo is given he can carry them out and he learns as the game goes on as you said there as well but I think you're right I think even McAllister and Sobersai who as Steve reference have been bought to be these technical ball playing midfielders who will look to create things and look to make things happen they're going to have defensive responsibilities as well of course they are they're not going to be just 10s we don't play with 10s which is Fabio Carvalho's beef of course yeah. um, but with Gakpo I think and apparently yeah, can just not talk I'm not talking to him which never helped yeah. <laughs> I think with Gakpo what we've seen since, pretty much since the day he arrived actually at Liverpool Football Club is just how incredible this fellow is because we signed him as a left winger who played a little bit as a nine we basically immediately converted him into a false nine he's doing the best Bobby Firmino impression we've ever seen quite frankly we all all speculated we all worried about who could possibly replace Roberto Firmino and what he does he's so unique in what he offers Cody Gakpo goes oh I'll do that and I'll do it and I'll do it slightly differently and arguably slightly better than Bobby because he's got different qualities he's a bit more physical he's a bit quicker he's probably a better finisher than Bobby was so he's got so much about his game there's a joy to watch I in terms of him being an 8 I think it'd be more of a break glass option and maybe we do need to change a game and look to make something happen I think we'll go to him there whilst you've still got your free forwards I think predominantly I personally would like to see him as that false nine I think he just suits him down to the ground It's we, when we look at Man City no one ever really no one, they, they've got tons of players like this mm. no one ever really exactly nobody yeah. ever really questions oh Bernardo Silva starting in the front three this week Oh, Bernardo Silva starting in the midfield three this week. Oh, Bernardo Silva's playing an inverted left back role this week. No one, no one ever goes, "What's he doing? Why is that happening?" De Bruyne plays all over the midfield, all over the front three. Phil Foden's done done exactly the same, and I think we Gakpo's one of a great example of footballs, and I think Sobersly is going to be that as well. I think that's why we've we've gone up big on him. I think McAllister is that, but for the deeper positions, yeah. you know, we've seen him play right eight. He played deeper in the first game in the, in in the second half of that of that one as well. Um it does look like this tactical positional flexibility has been what we've bought for and that's making it really hard for us to nail down, you know, because I can't we we're looking for absolutes so that we can try and feel a bit more secure and what we're gonna see start to predict the future. Um but again the more we've seen the more questions it's kind of yeah. raised, which is yeah. I, I I think's great. The good questions yeah. to have, though, aren't yeah. they? I just want to say, sorry, before we move on, I should have said earlier, Ben Doak is probably my standout. I I can't get enough of watching Ben Doak play football. He's so exciting. Like Steve touched on it earlier by him being our sixth choice. Sound two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was a bit. Oh, I don't know. I know the opposition. We have to take that into account. 
he is electric. He's so good to watch. Like he's just, fearless, he, is, he, is, he is, but he's so raw. Let him, let him go. No, I'm, I'm with you, but yeah, like, let, him, let him do it. Like I, honestly, I, boss. I, I get it, but like I, I would still say like that's a lot. And if he, if we if we want someone to play right wing in the Europa League. I still, I would, presume, I still think Jürgen will go like an Elliot. He'll learn, he'll either learn very quickly from the players around yeah. him, or it'll become a problem. This rawness. Yes, he's weak. Streets ahead of where he should be. Uh, no, I, no, I am not that. I am not that. Listen, mate, he's he's a star. He's an absolute superstar. When we signed him, I spoke to someone at his agency who, who off, off, off the record, but I won't name names. But it was like you've signed a superstar, and I was like, mm. oh, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, you're just big. And he was like, no, I promise you, you've signed a superstar. So I'm all for what I'm saying is, it's all well. Oh yeah, get Ben Dope, but like. Five minutes to go on a Premier League game and you throw him on. What? What? That, that, it's, it's a different kettle of fish. I and I get well, it. I see. I see. I see him as that. You know. Yeah. I think like, okay, Michael Owen came in and was an absolute breakout yeah. because of Robbie Fowler's injury at the start of the '97-'98 season. But he comes in the season before. You know, right at the tail end, he scores against Wimbledon. In the, is it like the last game of the season? Yeah. Or close enough to. And he's it's that electric pace. The pace is frightening. It's the, his, his end product's not quite there. We saw it a couple of times yeah. yesterday where he, he just put the afterburners on. Yeah. And he's smoking two guys in the, on on the wing, but he gets the byline and he he, he wants to get a shot off mm-hmm. or he's, he's choosing the wrong crossing option or whatever. Yeah, but as far as an X factor goes, if you're if you've got five subs and we, I just don't think we took advantage of five subs correctly last season. Now with what we've got, you've got the ability there to say to Mo Salah because we, we've got in our head Salah's not going to play the Europa League. I mean, I'm not sure Mo Salah it would be happy with not playing the Europa League. I think he just wants to play every game and score every goal. He wants to, you know, he wants to. He scores European goals, I think. But there's something in that with Ben Doki is raw. But you might be able to give him. Give, Salah gets 15 minutes off in the Premier League and then gets half an hour off in the Europa League and yeah. then actually you've refreshed Salah without giving him We've whole games off. never been able to do that really either. Not, not to any sort of great level. We've had options every now and then, but too, op- too often those options have been unavailable. You haven't been able to take Salah off because who's you turn to? You're yeah. doing a very much an Oxley chamberlain out there and he's done a decent job of that, don't get me wrong, but it was never like for like, it never, never made gonna sense. never going to be his position as no, well. No, of course not. Yeah. No, whereas with Ben Doak, we've got a genuine right winger who's exciting and also, it should be said, imagine you have a left back or left side of centre half who's just been man ragged by Salah for 60 minutes and then this kid comes on who's going to run at you time and time and that, time that's, again that's the level is that I think if you're going to be a young player who's a forward you can learn the ability like have the pace that's a really good place to start because absolute worst case is you're just going to be a nuisance and absolutely like that and that's what he looks like he's, he's got work to do like he's got as I say he, of course, he, of course he's, a, he's a kid of course he's only he's only been here 10 minutes but you are right the, the pace is frightening Sometimes it's what we, Harvey Elliott lacks. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. if Harvey Elliott had that pace, we'd all be sitting here going, yeah. well, there's Salah's heir apparent because yeah. he's got everything else going for him. He doesn't have the technical abilities, but I remember it's stupid because I don't think it's quite a, a, a straight comparison. But when we had Shelby and Henderson and it was like, God, if, if Henderson just had Shelby's cockiness and his and his, sh- his shooting ability, you know, and that, you'd have the perfect midfielder, but both were kind of lacking a little bit. But ultimately, Henderson's all-round stability and physicality and, and his pace and his energy did for him. You know what I mean? Shelby was always going to be limited. And I'm not saying Elliot will be by that, but you're right. Being blessed with electric pace puts you above... Gives you the start and it gives you the leg up on everything. I watch else. like obviously what I don't when you watch like the younger teams and he's playing in them or whatever and you watch him running past like younger players, that's one thing. But like oh yeah, but it's watching him like when he's playing against men, 
Well, I saw him come on against Derby last year. And was it Sel- Sel- the lad who was at Everton? Sibley Lewis. Sibley Lewis. Just ran him off the pitch. And then, the, again, the, I get it, Bundesliga 2 opposition, but he is. Luca Dean? Did he, he ask Yeah, he sent Luca Dean for the echo. Yeah. He's, he is lightning. The rest of it can you lay, but you are right to say um, that the pace gives you a good starting point. And, and who better to learn from? Who better to learn from than being a pacey right winger? Well, I need I need an end product. Well, let's just go and copy the fella who's arguably the greatest footballer we've ever had at this footy team, or certainly one of the top five. Who is a fast winger who scores loads of goals. So he's got that. He's definitely got it. But you are right to say, like of all the young players, he's he's the most exciting. But I think pace always does that. As soon as you see someone like Adam Traore, he's been living off it for years, mm. and he never quite hit the height. But mm. he ends up at Barcelona because when you've, you've got yeah. a, that that raw elite pace is such a problem. It's the fearlessness, off seats, yeah. Things, isn't it? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but the fearlessness. Sorry, Steve. It's the fearlessness for me. It's the fact that he is so so young but any situation any game drop him into it he goes give me the ball and you see all the players giving him whether it be Trent or Joe Gomez and certain, almost they, they wait sometimes for young lads and say oh, give me back then you know protect him you need to know Ben Doak give him the ball and watch him run at people I just love him well we, we've got six of you including him in, in the, across the front line and both Jota and we don't like to see him play on the right but he's done it and Diaz is much more adept at playing on that Man City got the integration of Phil Foden absolutely spot on. They were three in the up and they put him on and he made it four and five and he grew from that. Mm-hmm. That's a really good opportunity for Liverpool to do the same thing with Doak. I think what the, the big question is, but I want to move on to the defence. I think that's the one that's raised the most questions over the last couple of games. But just on the the, the, the front line, really, and the remaining questions to be answered from that, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how we put it all together because right now we're, we've got two teams and they've mixed and matched a little bit in amongst them. But right now it looks like we've got a Salah-Darwin partnership and we've got a Gakpo Jota partnership and it's different because Gakpo's basically played behind Jota mm-hmm. whereas obviously Salah's playing alongside Darwin that doesn't when you put that together it's Jota and Darwin are playing in the same position and right now we've got two number nines who are look to be an absolutely scintillating goal scoring form for us which I think is very very encouraging um, but it's then the questions are wh- where does Diaz fit into this where does then Doak fit in because they're now it does make a little bit more sense that Gakpo can do it, basically everything Salah's your right winger definitely it looks like Jota and Darwin battling it out for the number nine slot and then you've got the you've got these two just wingers in Diaz and and Doak who are all pace and they're all like you know I'm just gonna I'm gonna run at you and I'm gonna take you on I'm gonna make things happen and I suppose the thing of us moving the inverted fullback to the left in the second half of those games whether that will play a part in it as well or is is that just a stopgap solution is that just finding something for Costas to do covering for a lack of midfield options they're a little bit of the unknown but I am fascinated because when we get to these Singapore games now we'll switch from this two teams thing to more of a 60 minute mass changes mass changes later on in the game kind of thing and then that'll get closer and closer to being what our team is and it's just like yeah we've got two contrasting puzzles here how do they how do they mesh the five subs thing's the key there because all five of them two, three will start and two will come on every game that's what it gives you and that's how you keep them happy as well I think it's easier if you only have three subs a midfielder always comes on and you, one of your two strikers gets on the subs thing's massive because whoever you start the other two will always get on Salah so, you know, Salah will always stay on you. I think he very rarely does like coming off, but it'll always be. You'll, and then, and then, Doak's the other options like, well, if 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 you're winning or if you just need something, then you've got he's like the emergency. But that's what that that's, that's, that's the the extra subs give you. But you you are right. I, I, you, you say two nines though. I still think Apple might be first choice as the nine. 
agree. I, I still think you he. Think? I still think he might be over Darwin. I think yeah. he might be. And yeah, Jota. I agree. And Jota. I think. I think. Jürgen, right now, if you asked him to play, we were playing a game tomorrow when everyone was fit and healthy. I think he'd go Jota on the left side, on the right, and and, and Gakpo. I, 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 I think that's what he'd do now. But I mean, listen, it's not a bad. And then Luis Diaz and and, and Darwin Nunez aren't two bad options to have off the I bench. I think Diaz right? starts. I just my my general bit. My yeah, I will. And listen, you. I think we're going for the more horses, of course, yep. approach yeah, this yeah. season. Yeah, and there's games where you you're going to need different. Things to do different, yeah. different approaches. But I, my, my overall takeaway from this so far is we're going, we're having a goal scorer number nine in that slot this season because I don't, I just don't see the point of that of owning Darwin Nunes, and that's why I think we've been playing Jota that way because I think there was a chance to do, there's been a chance to do different things. We could have kept Gakpo in there, and it might just be that we're having a look, mm. and and you know, and this we're just practicing the backup plan, but it feels like. If we've switched systems, we've only played it for 10 games at the back of last season, I don't think you waste a single moment of pre-season action training a system that you're not going to... When you when you when your first choice system isn't settled and isn't totally understood, I'm not sure... Yeah, I'm not sure you burn precious gameplay time on something you're not going to do regularly. But I think the beauty is, you know, as we said, I think Gakpo can clearly... Do that. And he can do everything, mate. Yeah. He, can, he, he's, he's, he can do everything. For me, what it is with Gapo, and the reason I think he will be the first choice nine, sort of when the season begins, all being well, of course, is that we all know and seen and have heard how much Klopp adored Roberto Firmino and what he brought to the system. Now, I don't want to sort of, you know, wax about what's been and gone now, but I think Gapo offers all that. And I think he's going to proceed with that. I think he's going to want that again. And I don't see a world whereby Gapo doesn't start as our nine. I think Nunes is great. Nunes is still a bit X-factory for me. I don't know. He offers a bit from the left and central. I think he'll be thrown into games to sort of change it within. I don't see him starting the big game still. I don't, I don't think he's ready for that. I haven't seen enough yet to suggest that. I think what will be interesting is Jota come from the left with Gakpo central. I think we'll still see that as well. But for me, I just think Gakpo... From what he's shown so far, I just can't keep him at the side. Good options to have, isn't it? Really, it's really, it's really yeah. positive. And it goes back to your point. It's just we're we're it's the short blanket of it all is we're pushing certain players into certain positions because we are lacking in defensive mm. midfielders, yeah. and that, that's the one the one big caveat that we can't know with this. And let's just move on to the, that. I guess that and the defence. Mm. The interesting thing is mentioned Costas not being used as an understudy to Andy Robertson. We're choosing to use Gerald Quanza as the left side of centre half when we when we flip it. Um, so rather than it be Robertson and Costas, the left backs are now the left side of centre half thing. We've shifted it to Costas had a go. I don't think that's really worked. Or anyway, it's been okay, but I think. The main criticism has been Liverpool's defence still looks shaky. You know, I've seen people saying John Matip and Gomez. I'm not really trusting them. Look at look at the second half team there. It was Quanza, Matip, Gomez, and in front of them it was Costa Simicas playing his second ever game, second ever half of football as an inverted fullback, effectively as a double pivot in midfield alongside um, McConnell. Who got sold down the river by Adrian a minute into the a minute into the game by being played a ridiculous pass under pressure and was then fighting against himself? Yeah. If Liverpool look a bit shaky defensively, I, I suspect it's a little bit of that more than more than more than the other. The first, the first the choice defence, Virgil look sharp, Karate's look good. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the first choice defence has been pretty fine. You know, yeah. I put Conor Bradley in that as well. There's probably a reason why he's in that. Get it, they don't want him in, uh, too younger. He's actually been one of my standouts. Yeah, yeah. Too, too young of a second half team. 
I am concerned about Joel Matip physically. Um, again, I, I take your point on on all on on it. Listen, I, I, you can't again. It's just I thought it was actually quite funny. How, how bad it was at times. It was just like it was, you know these they've been legged around and then on. You're, you're right, they're getting no protection. They haven't got the boss lads uh, per se in front. Well, of them, one of the goals like. Costas I, I'm one, like, and McConnell are jogging back because they because it's pre-season because they've been running to the ground by Jürgen three times a day for the last two weeks. And or the lads whatever. like five yards offside, and I know Matip's weak in the challenge, but I was worried about Matip at the end of last season physically, um, and he looks it. He looks slow, mm. and he's never been fast, but he looks again. It might it might just be that he's absolutely goosed because they've been running the nuts off them all, and you know he's 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 in his thirties now, and he's never been blessed with pace. But he's the worry for me is that. I always thought, you know, if he's your, if he's your backup, you're fine. He's a very good backup centre half. But if his legs are gone, if it's a bit Fabinho-y, then that is a concern because um, I've never been again. I don't need to go over the Joe Gomez stuff. I'm not, I don't. I'm, it's, it's not for me. So I, that again, I'm drawing to. I'm I'm drawing this not just on the two pre-season games, but on what we saw towards the back end of last season as well. We've all been told like Liverpool are looking at a centre half and they're trying to get the midfield stuff done. And obviously the Henderson and Fabinho stuff has, has brought that even more to the forefront. I do wonder if they're going to do something a centre back because they probably need to. Yeah, I am. I am concerned about Matip. I, he's been brilliant, but it 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 is it's a bit Fabinho start of last season where his legs do look like they've gone. And that, I think that, that, in in this system, Paul, you're going to be asked to do a lot of running. Yeah, but I think. I think it's interesting because again, we speculated this at the end of the season. They didn't do this. They played Matip and they flipped Matip and Gomez in the roles. They're actually putting Matip in the Van Dijk position now, which is central, which is the one who doesn't have to leg all over the place. But it's but again, the problem is is the thing. I think the lads around them. I don't disagree. I think he is look. He's on, he's on his way down. He, he just is. I would be moving him on this summer. I do think it's a little. This is the one where we can say. There's some things you can safely say, and there's some things that have question marks around them. I thought Quanta looked good in the first game. I think I think he struggled as much in that. He's good on the ball, isn't he? Yeah, he's good on the. Ball. I think he's a good. I think he's a solid player. Right now, for me, he's he's Nat Phillips in this squad. Yeah, good. I wouldn't be moving him on. I'd keep him around. Whether he's interested in that, I don't know if he's going to be good enough to be a regular starter for us. I think we would have to do. We'd have to be flipping the inverted thing. Maybe, maybe. Or is he, you know, I don't know, I'm not sure if he's Andy Robertson's understudy, probably. It should be a, it should be a new sign, shouldn't it? Yeah, it, that, should that, be, that, yeah. it should be a new sign. I think you both make really good points in your, in your analogy there of, of the cover for the defence. Do you remember player cam and you used to follow yeah. a player around for 10, 15 minutes? If you'd put player cam on, on Matic yesterday, I, you're right, the, the players around him gave him no support. But at the key times when he needs to be a centre-back and make decisions and deal with things as a centre-back, it's gone. Yeah. That ability to, to be commanding and be confident and be assertive and go and win the ball and take the man as well or step out and beat a man and, and be that player that we remember, that's gone. And it happened with Jamie Carragher. The legs just fell off it. You know what I mean? It, it happens. And, and unfortunately for Joe Matip, if you put him on the player cam yesterday, you'd be quite shocked how second-tier German players are giving him the run around because yeah. the decisiveness in his game is gone. I don't want to get into the Joe Gomez thing because I think I, I agree with you. Stay, it doesn't work as a centre back for me anymore. Mm-hmm. We we we've got we've got money coming in. We've got to buy a, a left back, but not at the expense of Andy Robertson. I think the left back comes in to give the other two lads a rest rather than to. You're not going to see a world where Andy Robertson doesn't play for Liverpool. He's he epitomises everything that Klopp wants in a player. 
and and probably one of his greatest stories. So for me, the, if anyone comes in, they've got to be closer to, to the other two to give them a break because we can't go through a season relying on what is now a ridiculously huge drop off. I think I think Jarrell Quanser is the shape of what we're looking for. It's a left footed. Left side at centre half. Leave a call well in it, but before yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, and without, that's the reason why we were interested. Yeah. That's not going to happen now, but yeah, you, it, 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 it makes perfect sense why they wanted that. Just, um, is he ready? And he would want I like Quanta. I don't think he is, but, but I don't think I, I think know. he needs another loan. He's probably going. He's probably going to have another loan. Still low as he was last year. He needs. A, he needs a championship or higher loan, probably, yeah. and then and to give him another another mm. test in that. But look, if we keep him round, and there's there's, the, there's, there's, clear, there's clearly something there, isn't there? I think just in the brief glimpses of it, it's that thing. Going back to the matter thing, I am. Um, there's a reason we bought him as he was Virgil van Dijk 1.0 or, or you know 0.5 I guess you know if, if you want to look at it that way we wanted this tall comfortable on the ball composed centre half um, to be our leader our left sided centre back and he was never he was never quite good enough to be that it suited him perfectly moving over to be the supporting defender but what you saw from him yesterday he's he's still doing those burst and runs and I don't think the system Allows for you for that defender to mm. be doing those yeah. kind of things on the board. It takes away his greatest strengths, really. I thought Gomez was all right, actually. You know, I think he, I, I do think he suits that that right side of centre half role in that back back there. I think that's, that's Joe Gomez's almost perfect position Absolutely, for me. Yeah. Um, but there definitely are question marks, and that's going to be the next stage when it when it gets pushed back together. Is it just as simple as Robertson, Van Dijk, Canate? Cough, you know, Trent, but you know, and you know, Bradley until Bradley until that it, point. And we might see this in Singapore. Like, do they give the Matip Gomez duo uh, a game with the good lads? Yeah, uh, you know, with the, with the proper midfield in front of them and see how they are, maybe, or just split it up and you put Matip next to Canate and you put Gomez in with, with, just because. That's what might happen. We we all know Van Dijk and Canate is the first choice. Now they should know each other's games well enough to, to be able to do it. Maybe you do need to drop drop them in because that's what's going to happen. Canate is going to get injured. He just his his, his record shows you that he get he picks up injuries. So someone's going to have to play when he can't. And I would I, I would like to see that. Just like is it if it's Gomez, it's sad. If it's Matip, whatever it is, what it is. But I do think that's something that we probably need to see because I'm I'm with there. I used to always be, I was comfortable with the drop off from Canate to Matip. At the start of last season, and certainly the year before, but I thought he was excellent. Um, if if it, it, it concerns me now, I would you know if you said can I, if Matip's playing the next ten, yeah, I, I, I do think I am that does concern me. And you want to be buying that you need to. Oh, oh hello, you need to start to be looking towards who's the next Virgil Van Dijk. Which is hard. Isn't it? It's yeah. so hard. No, it's, 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 it's impossible. Man City can't get Cavadia out of out of out of Leipzig because yeah. the, you know centre halves are going. Look at Cal Colwell. He's going Chelsea got like forty million quid for him. He's had to play, and he's done, he's not going. He's going to play for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a there's, there's a there's a centre half shortage in general, um, and and the fact that we're looking for a backup, you know what I mean? Well, that that's a different thing. And that's the thing is I don't. Th- this is the problem is I don't think we we we, we own backups. We need we need better, and that's still the issue when you've got a world class someone in a position. That's why it needs to be a you need to sell it as a project. Yeah, I know, and that that's the that was the beauty of the of the Colwell links was well we've shifted our system, so you've got two positions you play in now. You're actually understudy to Robertson and, and you're Van Dyke, lots of games, so yeah. you're gonna get you're gonna yeah. get plenty of outings there, and then your job is to displace Robertson short term and then long term your Virgil Van your Virgil Van Dyke's replacement. But we're in that. Yeah, uncomfortable 
position on that really. I do think we I think it's obvious we need to strengthen in that area of the pitch. Yeah. But there's yeah, it will be what happens next is going to be interesting to see. Divat, maybe Divat just put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think what they wanted now is they would have had their midfielder they wanted in and they'd be focusing on the defender. Mm-hmm. But the, the Saudi stuff is just through the, the spanner in the works and they've had to obviously put all the legs in that basket because maybe they had one midfielder they liked, now they might need to go and buy two and then we can look at a defender. If you are prioritising what we need, I can understand them doing that. The prior, the, the, the Saudi bids for Henderson and, and Fabinho shifted the landscape and Liverpool don't like getting caught out. Liverpool are methodical in the transfer business. They know, they yeah. know they, they, they're meticulous and it's hard to be meticulous when, when like... Under pressure. Well, not, not that also, like... Wasn't part of the plan. Yeah, well, there, there was never... I bet in all the wildest dreams... When they have scenario A, B, C, D written out on a board, none of them had. We lose Fabinho and Henderson at the same time. There might have been scenarios where you lose one or the other, yeah. and then we'll do this. But well, that's all. It's, it's yeah. the other week. It's like when when you kill off Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, but choose to actively keep Princess Leia alive, and then Carrie Fisher dies. You're like, oh shit, mm. we've left. We've killed. We've got. We, we've got no more legacy characters mm. left in this, and that's that's where the Liverpool left scrambling around. And what I didn't like, I thought Trent was fine in the DM. Um, and I think he, he did look a little leggy, and again, that's it's it's too hard to judge freshness and stuff. But he, for me, he, he looked a revelation playing in the inverted right back role. He yeah. looks a revelation playing as more of an eight in the six. He too looks much responsibility. He looks very. Well, he has to get the borders back to goal. That's yeah, the thing. Exactly. I, I don't want the, the the last thing you want is Alexander Arnold getting the ball and having to turn on it. Yeah. You want him with the game in front of him. Yes, exactly. That's why. That's so why he's I think, always done. Which is, well, yeah. and he's fucking brilliant at it. And I do wonder why. And we'll, we'll do Lavier in part two. But why this is why we're pushing the button now. We're going okay. We've had that's not going to work. We, we debated last week. Is it easy to go and buy someone who can play an inverted fullback or whatever? I think Connor Bradley has actually performed well beyond my expectations. Really good, yeah. And I think you know if you need to if you need to throw him in an isolated game, you'll be fine. He's really comfortable on the ball. He's brave. He'll go and win the he's ball quick. back. He's qu- yeah, he's quick. He'll get forward. He'll go and support the attack. He does lack a little when he gets into that final. Mate, he third, look, and he but... looks he looks so slight. Yeah. He needs to go. He needs to hit the gym that sends it. But, but, he's, not, but, but he's not. But he's not tiny, which I think no, is, no. is okay. I think so. I can see why they've kept him over um, Calvin Ramsey for this for this season potentially. But he'll do as a break glass. But right now, yeah, Trent just looks like a. A, an average fo- football, or good mm. football, you know, he looks fine in that six, but he doesn't look exceptional playing in it. So we need to get back to him being in that, and that will make everything flow. I think, just on sort of lastly for, for, for me on this, we have this problem every season. Whenever you split your squad into two 11s, and it was 11 plus really, because by the time the game finished, we probably used four or five other lads mm-hmm. in it, which only helped. technically weakened the prospect. But then Fraundorf put an absolute belter of a, a belter of a cross in for, for Darwin to have that header that got saved. But we it makes us feel like the squad's weaker than it is. When in reality, because I think in our heads we've gone, well, there'll be a Europa League 11 or there'll be a Cup 11. There's no such thing as two 11s in football. It never, ever happens. You'd always have some continuity that carries over game to game. So there will always be probably three or four lads from the from the Premier League game will play in the Europa League game. And then it will all start to make... Yeah, more sense. Throw Thiago into the mix. Throw Bacchettas into the mix. And it should things should look a little bit more sensible, but some DMs in a centre half would probably be helpful. I mean, the centre half things take gone up a notch in my opinion from what I've seen. I know it's hard to, and I shouldn't really draw too much from 
two 90-minute games against Bundesliga two sides at the start of pre-season, but I agree with both what the lads have said and you, Paul. I think Matip's looked quite a long way off it, and I kind of, I was almost comfortable with Liverpool's strategy of, oh, we'll deal with the defender later if we have to. That's changed a little bit now already for me, and I think I know we've got to be reactive because of the Henderson and Fabinho stuff, but that defender conversation, that needs to be happening just a little bit but more. But I suppose that, and that could be one that, that can run into the season with the windows open until yeah, September. Possibly, yeah. That isn't one that you need to sort of like now. You you, you no, can you I mean, can get it. You can you can be you can be relatively. The midfielder content. needs to be now, whereas yeah, the defender yeah, yeah. kicks his back up. But yeah, I get that. Yeah. But like I say, I was concerned about Matip anyway. I actually think Gomez might usurp Matip in this small sample size. I'm aware, but Matip, I was really worried about him at Karlsruhe. I watched him a lot, obviously, and I wasn't convinced in the slightest. He looked just off it, like completely mm. off it. He so. looks like his legs are gone. It's he brilliant. looks, he looks he like his brilliant. legs are gone. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, plenty of plenty of positives to take from it so far. I've really enjoyed both games. I think it's just been one of the mm-hmm. takeaways. I, the first two preseason games are normally awful. You know, what I mean, like the, the the fun throw. But we're only playing at Prenton Park. You know, what I mean, and seeing and seeing a couple of the stars and whatever. I think the level of competition. I think the the fire in the bellies of the players, how committed they've been. You know, there's been a couple of smiles here and there, but you could see how pissed off Salah was toward the back end of the game. You know, he didn't he doesn't want to be losing football matches. He doesn't want things to be breaking down. He wanted to go and get his goal, and, and he did. So I, I liked. I definitely like to see that. And it uh, looks nice as well. It looks good. Yeah, it looks good. Don't like the numbers though. I prefer the Premier League numbers than the um, that nine on Darwin's back. I don't, it's, it, I don't know. I, I, that needs to be a proper Premier League number now before I start buying into okay, it. Yeah, I think. So, okay, I, I think that's fair. Um, we had a, a super chat come in, totally unrelated to the discussion, but Daniel McMurray asked, uh, says, "Hey guys, thoughts on the trialed new offside rule? Short term, there'll be more goals. Long term, more teams will park the bus. Will hurt our play style. I've not." Seen any of this? And it was trial. Yeah, so I think it was um, in the Women's World Cup. Was it last no, night? No, it's more a case of if any part of your body is online with the defender, then you're onside. They haven't started. Not in the World Cup. It's in. It's just that's the new rule, isn't it? Where yeah, so you can leave Holland first. Yes. Yeah, so you can leave your foot okay. level and go. Mm. It, you will. It, what it'll do? It'll kill our high line. That just that, that just goes. Suits Darwin you, and Salah. Though, it's, 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 again, it'll it's a, mm. it, 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 it'll do what it's designed to do. It, the forward players will absolutely fucking love it. And defenders will be a nightmare. The pitch will be so big because that's it'll kill high lines off. Only Liverpool, Liverpool play the high line because they trust the VAR technology to get them half a yard offside. There's no such thing as half a yard offside anymore. It's a I don't like it personally. I think it's it's a it's a fudging way of trying to get more goals into games, but. It's a, I don't know. I don't think it, might, I don't might, think it's necessary. There'll be games we benefit from that though because at yeah. times we've looked at it and thought do away with the high line. Horses for courses. We talked about, you know, maybe games when we might find ourselves in a world where we have to play both Gomez and Matip. You don't want to high line with those two at the moment, so you drop off and then you use our pacing behind. So, 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 so as long as it's short and it type of thing, we might benefit from it. That was one of the things I thought was interesting about yesterday's game was I thought Greta uh, Firth give us a just give us a good game of football. And gnarly, think, wasn't it? Yeah, and it, and it but it shifted in that first in from the first to second. It opened up more. They were playing quite a high line, and actually our counter attack looked pretty pretty on point, which is which is good to see. Our builder played up really good in in the first half. So, um, I you know Klopp going back to that that we are Liverpool podcast interview with Klopp. You know, I, he was talking about we want to be the best in the in the press and we want to be the best of this and, and, and I was like oh cool he's get, so I thought he, oh, he's revealing what our overall mantra is for the season we're getting back to gang and pressing and then he, everybody just went 
want to be best at set pieces. We want to be best at this. We want to be best. It's like okay, cool, sound. But you know, they're they're not stop they're, they're not stopping short here. They want they want to because you can't do all them things in one hit. You want to be good at loads of different ways of beating teams. So yeah, you're right. The, the high line thing will will definitely play a part in it. But as we said, there it's the personnel. You know, the odds of you ever having the odds of that back five, which you can have the DM in there ever playing a game of football together with Adrian behind them as well by the way who was fucking shot you know one really good save which was very Adrian but he, he, he it, it was it was just an Adrian perform Adrian and, Adrian and Matt both, both the same both looked totally totally utterly done in that game but yeah whatever we'll, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what comes when they get to get to Singapore right uh, oh lastly on that did anyone has anyone else watched the cop thing it's good isn't it yeah. very good yeah it was very good I like backwards cat cop he always seems to be in good he's, he's, he's relaxed at the summer, minute though. He's very relaxed. He's loving life at the moment. Taking selfies with dogs and that. He seems in a good place, which is good. <laughs> considering what's going on around him. You know, it's like that I said the other day about Schmadka's walked into an absolute chaos this summer, hasn't he, with Henderson and Fabinho and stuff like that dog meme with everything's on fire and he's fine. But Klopp seems very upbeat at the moment. It's good. Very, very uh philosophical man though, isn't he? Things that make you tear your hair out, don't bother him. Yeah, you know, he, he works with what he's got, and that's the way he's been. But he had moments in the past, wasn't he? Where he looked quite downbeat. And he, do, anybody said it himself. He went, we took a proper knock, and I was one of them. Like yeah. I, I, I was the same. Of course, it affected me. He's an emotional guy, but he, I'm, I'm encouraged by how encouraged he is. Yeah. But he doesn't, he doesn't seem like a bullshitter. Mm-hmm. Like he, I reckon, you'd be able to kind of. He, 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 I think he would be a bit more. He doesn't you know. seem like someone who can hide his face, can hide no. what his brain's thinking. Yeah, and yeah, it's, I agree with that. He's. Yeah, he just seems enthusiastic for the whole thing, which I think you need to be. You know, if you're going to be the leader of Liverpool and you're going to get buy-in from people, I said it before, if you're going to lose your captain in a, in a in a training, you know, in pre-season, lose it when you're you're in the Black Forest when you've got mountain bikes and rivers to jump in with Jurgen Klopp because this is the time when he gets buy-in. And he talked about it about like almost like the signing a contract thing. It's a metaphorical contract in Liverpool, but mm. they do it in schools where you like you agree on a code of conduct for your class on, at the start of a year, and that way everyone's bought in. And if you, you you've agreed to those rules, that's part of part and parcel of it. And this is the time to do that. So it feels like he's yeah, and he's enthused by the yeah. whole thing, which we're gonna need, you know, because he's. He's the biggest mantra. I think he tries to put across, and this is why he's the perfect Liverpool manager because it's the scouse way of being. Is try not to worry about things that are outside of your control. Try not to worry about the past things that have gone wrong. If something goes wrong, then you turn that into a positive to build from the future. That's a lesson to be learned. Mistakes are just lessons that you you, mm. you, you build from. Um, he so loves he, this camp as well, doesn't he? He said yesterday he's going to go back next year if he can. So he loves where he is in the world right now. He's, this is his uh, this is time of season. This is yeah, Klopp's time. It's a happy place. Singapore is very much not Klopp time. No. I think, uh, but that goes just to show, you know, I, I, get, the on, I get the on I get the on this day stuff on Facebook. I was talking to stay about it before. And it always reminds me, like I was, I was, it was my last day in Boston nine years ago from doing a preseason tour, and last time leaving LA and doing all these things over the years. The Bangkok last year was like it was it was weeks ago. Mm. You know, they started preseason with a, a with a tour to the far side of the world, and it totally undermined. <laughs> everyone got injured. Yeah, exactly. It totally <laughs> undermined everything we were doing. It feels like they've got the the, the hands around what they're doing. Right. Um, brief break from us. Uh, last few days to join up on Revan Plus as a legend and get yourself in the draw for our incredible signed legend shirt. Uh, some details to follow. And then in part two, we're going to be discussing Jordan Henderson and Romeo Lavia. 
Hey everyone, brand new month, brand new incredible Liverpool competition prize over on redmenplus.com. It is this. It is what we have affectionately dubbed the Legends shirt. Every former Liverpool player that we interviewed over the course of the season, we got them to sign this wonderful Liverpool home shirt. That includes, and let me get the list for you, you've got Rush, Aurelio, Skirtle, Aldridge, Steve McMahon, Mark Wright, Jay Spearing, and Adam Lalana. All you need to do is go to redmenplus.com, uh, join as a club legend, or upgrade an existing subscription from club captain to club legend, and you will be in the prize draw at the end of the month for our incredible Liverpool legend shirt. Redmenplus.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry. And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, welcome back. Yes, uh, last few days to head over to redmenplus.com, join as a legend and get yourself in the hat for our incredible legend share. There, there, is not, there isn't another one like that on the planet, and I will stand by that. Um, you know, where, where can you put those collection of just former Liverpool players in signature form together on last season's share? No, one, no one's done it, and no one's done it before, and no one will do it again. So you'll have one of the genuine one-of-one um, pieces of Liverpool memorabilia if you if you win that. So yeah, sounds. Um, and we do that every month, by the way, for Legends on Redmen Plus. We have an amazing piece of signed gear. Can I drop a spoiler? Go on. The next one for August will be a current Liverpool player. Signed shirt. Yeah. No Legends next month. It's a proper... Mm. In the, in the, legends are boss, but this is a... Future legend. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Future legend of the football club. Okay. Won trophies at the football club. Ooh. Ethan, I'm starting to question. I think I told you who it was. <laughs> <laughs> the 50-50, the 50-50 in my mind. I can't quite work it out. Yeah. 
all will be real in August, people. Yeah. Okay, sounds um, right. Listen, let's talk Jordan Henderson. You know, it's all but all but done. His deal to Al Etifak apparently went to the action and said his goodbyes. He did his medical in Manchester over the weekend. The fees all been agreed, so it's just a matter of time before it's all officially confirmed. I was asked by. Um, I was asked on a live show the other day about you know what, what we think he'll do and will he put a statement out and what would that look like and obviously don't want to speculate too much on that until until we see it but the lingering question over Henderson that's going to remain is going to be about his legacy um, according to 400 Premier League fans surveyed in the Skybet Fan Hope survey 81% think Jordan Henderson will undermine his support for Rainbow Laces if he joins the Saudi League and 68% of Liverpool fans agree. Uh, there's a quote here. Her former Liverpool captain Graeme Souness told Skybet, uh, I think with him as an ally of the LGBTQ plus community um, and a supporter of Rainbow Laces uh, and he then ends up going to Saudi, I think without a doubt that will damage his legacy. Um, disgust and club. No, absolutely. Um, I made Graeme Souness right on that, quite frankly. As we know, I spoke to Cop Out founder Paul Anam a couple of weeks ago in the studio there, um, and he said much the same thing. He'd been spoken to by lots of their community, lots of their members and subscribers, and they said exactly the same. So, for, unfortunately, for a lot of Liverpool fans, um, if it does end up going through, like it looks like it will, it will tarnish his legacy as a footballer, as a person, as an ally. Um, it, it's a it's a difficult one. It's a difficult conversation for us to have, obviously not being involved in in that sort of community, what have you. But it, it's so hard because to separate what he's done as a footballer and what he's done as a man is a really difficult thing. As a footballer, obviously, he's led the, cap, the club brilliantly, one of the best captains, certainly in my lifetime. We've won everything with him as a leader, but... Um, when he said the things and he stood for the things he's done in the past, he's kind of put himself up there to be judged, and he will be judged differently because of this. Like I've heard lots of people say, "Well, Fowler's out there now. Gerard's gone out. They haven't had the same levels of scrutiny." Unfortunately, they didn't do the good stuff that Henderson's done. So by doing the good stuff, Henderson's put himself in a position whereby if you then make this decision, people are going to criticise you for it. You know, you got you rightly received the praise for your for your work and what you said and what you stood for. You're rightly going to receive the criticism for going essentially what many people will see is just completely undermining it and going back on it so I'm not surprised that the numbers you mentioned there and people like Graham Souness are saying he's going to tarnish his legacy because I think the the damage he does with this move for a lot of people not everyone would be irreparable I think I think his legacy as a Liverpool captain and a footballer isn't tarnished with some people it is maybe but I don't, in my opinion I, no, it do, it, I don't think it does because I, th- I, I can't separate it but it, it it absolutely has to has to have an impact because you can't stand for something and then go again. Well, you can stand for something and then go against it when the money's right. That is kind of that's the almost the definition of like immoral, you no know, lack of morals or immorality, whatever you want to call it. In that, I, I stood for it until there was more money on the table, and then I didn't stand for it anymore. Yeah. Like we've seen people throughout history stand for something and almost like put the lie. And I'm not saying that that's dramatic. I understand it, but like. You didn't have to go to Saudi Arabia. And I, there'll be a lot of people that I bet in the comment sections, in the chats, and I've seen it on... I saw uh, Kiva O'Neill tweet about it and she, her, her disappointment at it. And well, she thoughts. wrote a brilliant she did, It's amazing. And, and all the comments were, but he's been off for 700 grand a week. You'd do the same, you'd do the same. And that's all that it's coming down to is that... Yeah, what, what we're saying is his morals will have a cost. And if, you, if your morals have a price on them, then of course you're going to get criticised. Some people will agree, some people will disagree. And that's fine, you be you. But... The, the, the thing that I don't understand is people arguing the other way against people who are saying it, it tarnishes them because Paul and Kiva 
and uh, other people of of the that community are telling you. They're telling you how we feel. They're telling you the answer. They do feel let down. Yeah. It's hard for me as a straight middle-aged white guy to feel much oppression or much in terms of discrimination. I don't really get it. But the people who tell you they feel discriminated against are telling you. They are there. No, no, Paul's the same in Kiva saying, yeah. we feel let down. Members of the cop house, we feel let down by this guy who was at the forefront of all these campaigns for them to go to a country where, you know, th- their lives wouldn't be allowed to, they wouldn't be allowed to be them to themselves. Yeah. They, of course... Of course, it's going to be because and it should be. He deserves because as I will applaud Jordan Henderson, the footballer, and Jordan Henderson for what he did as Liverpool captain in terms of the everything he helped Liverpool do. But you can't escape the fact that questions are going to be asked about this because he put himself out there. He did this and he chose to be an ally and he chose to be an ambassador and that was his choice because he's a good guy. I get it. But when money when the money's been put in front of him and that I think I can see why that. Um, is bringing criticism because I'm critical of him for doing the same. It's really tough, isn't it, Steve Plunkett? Because I, I, I feel a bit, re- I feel uncomfortable saying sentences like, "Well, if we put that to one side and just focus on the football stuff," because it, I don't know, it, it's just who we are as a fan base. I think, and certainly as a city, I think you know, emotion does come into it, and you know, and and and, and morals and all kinds of. We've always had a deeper connection to the to the players and the and the people at the, at the football club just how we be how we behave how how we think so i don't think you can un, really unplug it i feel i say i feel a bit i feel a bit dirty saying sorry you know lgbt community i'm just going to totally put your you know your your your, mm. your your feelings on this to one side and just go well jordan Henderson won loads of trophies but at the same time it is the the case of that jordan Henderson is just a footballer he's not a he isn't a part of that community. He hasn't sold. He hasn't decided that he's not gay anymore because he's going to, mm. you know, to be be that. He's been a great advocate. He's been a great ally. But it's I don't know. I agree. I, I agree. In one hand, that it's 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 if you make a moral stance, you've made a moral stance. And you do close doors for yourself. But at the same time, it must be it must be bad when you've got all your peers you've got peers you but Bobby Firmino you know and, and, and Fabinho both going to end up playing against Jordan Henderson this season and will suffer none of the the same level of scrutiny as Jordan Henderson yeah in years to come the the heat will come out of that situation and we'll go back to thinking of him more as a footballer you know that that's the way the world is the biggest justification for all of this is Jordan's self-justification for the move and he can take those beliefs with him and try and be play a small part and catalyst for change. That's probably how he's justified it to himself. That's going to be hard, isn't it? Of course it is, of course it is. But you have to open the door to some change in your life at some point. Saudi Arabia are trying to recruit everybody and they'll take people from lots of different religious beliefs and lots of different ethical beliefs. And they may have to change the way they think to incorporate that if they're genuinely serious about becoming a, a, a world-class football league. That's a cultural change. I don't see that happening. But Jordan will take stick for this, and, and justifiably so. He will go over there and still be of the same mindset. He'll still believe that it's wrong. I, In his mind, he's agreed with himself that those two things can coexist. But as a, as a captain of Liverpool Football Club, he's, 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 he's right up there. He's one of the best captains the club's ever had. Yeah. Can, I, can, I, can I just say, can't though, argue with that. Dan makes a really good point, and it's a really good point why footballers are fucking robots now. Mm-hmm. Because... He, you're right. Not, mm. not, none of this is getting mentioned by Ronaldo and Benzema and Fabinho and Firmino and, and Neves and Mbappe is going to go over there because they never st- stood for nothing. Yeah. Because they, and that this is why this is why I think when Henderson did in the first place, that's why I was so I don't know 
encouraged or like happy or whatever because he, he he took the plunge into it and you are right he is now getting criticism for it and you're right he'll be thinking should, should just get my mouth shut because he probably did a lot of good what Jordan Anderson said and did resonated with a lot of people people are dragging up programme notes from two years yeah, ago yeah. On, on you know around the Rainbow Laces campaign or yeah. whatever yeah. and he's been he's been a, a big yeah, support yeah. and I understand you. I get it mate and I get it like I say it's, and you might be right did he do more good in that period and then he's, he, he had a legacy to tarnish some other people don't leave a legacy to well, tarnish Fabinho's making the same move and we're not talking yeah, about yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think you're most shut again. I think yeah, this, yeah. Is my, this is the hardest thing for me on this and I, I guess this is probably in defence of Jordan Henderson but I, I don't know, I'm, I've half thought this through I'll, I'll say it, is that why it's so bad is that I mean like why is Jordan Henderson why is Jordan Henderson the face of this? Like, why is he the only one who's facing this criticism? Because of this? He's because <laughs> because <laughs> he's the only one who's spoken exactly. out about yeah. it. Yeah. But who's Jordan Henderson? Yeah. Like, what, is that, that's, that's an indictment of football. Yeah. Like, why is, of all these people who've gone, who've got far bigger platforms, who've got far more going from, this is just, like, you know, if, if, you, if it's to be believed, Jordan Henderson is, by all accounts, by the last vast majority of people I see on the internet, is a very average footballer who's just been a bit, you know, who's gotten by and gotten by, you know, being a workhorse for a, for a good football team under a good manager, I disagree. I think he's been better than that, by the way. But it that's I think that's where the hate comes from because it's not even about Henderson. It's about the fact that none of these other fuckers have stood up and and, and said anything, mm, and point. the only one who has has now been has had his head turned. So it puts more scrutiny on Jordan yeah. Henderson, but it should turn more scrutiny on the, on the rest of football and the rest of the, the rest of the and, and society as a whole. Because and again, it goes back to your point. It's actually and it's it's a, such a shame that Jordan Henderson's going to probably end up setting this cause back. But it shouldn't have been on Jordan Henderson in the first place. Him standing up shouldn't be an isolated incident. To take it back to a football analogy, we used to love Dirk Kout because he used to run all day. And it's mad when you look back on it under a Jurgen Klopp team to have a player stand out because he runs. It doesn't. You don't stand out in Jurgen Klopp's team because everybody runs. Mm. But Dirk Kout, we adored him because that was his thing. That mm. was the cliche. All he, do, all he ever does for us is run. Oh, yeah, Jordan right. Henderson has been put on a pedestal. He should never have been put on a pedestal. He should have been one of many who were who were able to come out and stand up and, and talk about this. And that's why I do feel sorry for him to some extent. As sorry as you can feel for a man who's going to earn 350 grand a week tax-free for the next three years and is going to acquire more wealth in three years than any of us combined will ever do in our entire lives. But again, I feel I feel sad for the for the community because that's why you'll feel let down because you're looking around at all these other footballs, this sport that you adore, and you're looking and someone someone stuck their head above the parapet and it must be like, oh wow, great! Thank you so much for yeah. speaking up for what that's I believe in, for for yeah. being a voice for us, and then to have that taken away. That's I, I, I from my understanding is where the they. I I feel that too. I do. Well. I get it, and I, I also think mate as well, like. I looked at Kiva's article and Kiva's tweet, um, the cop-out stuff. I saw Mel Reddy spoke about it, didn't she, um, on Sky Sports in the comments. It was like, stop telling people how they should fucking feel. Mm-hmm. People are telling you that they feel let down. Don't tell them they can't, because that's not right. I'm not going to sit here and tell people how you... Don't tell people how to feel. They're, they're These people, and they're, they're just two of many examples. The problem is... And Paul represents a group, doesn't well, he? And, yeah. and, and he said the same. They're telling you this is a... This is a kick for us. This 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 is the guy who, you know, we put a lot into and and almost like you know if he if he's if he can be turned anyone can be turned kind of. And it's also a point of 
what it's going to do, it's going to, the criticism in a way is weird, it's going to stop other people standing up because they're going, oh, bloody hell, see what happened when Jordan said something. Yeah. Marcus Rashford feeding kids got so much stick for it. Because just concentrate on your footy, mate, don't, you know, do whatever, blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, and then he signs a new contract the other day. Oh, well, you're going to feed all the kids with that, Marcus. Gary Lineker stands up for stuff he believes in mm. and he gets criticised for it. This is why people keep the fucking mouths shut. Exactly. People, because people, as soon as you are, and I get it, because we're criticised. Well, this it's, is the depressing part yeah. of the whole thing, is that it's money. And you've, you're yeah. not just fighting against like a religious ideology, because that's what it comes down to. And that's why, you know, we're playing devil's advocate on this. If you're, if you're raised and you are, have got a, a blinkered religious view, and I think, you know, fundamentalists in any religion have, have got this is that you it's like you feel like it's actually part of the core of who you are it's not religion is a choice ultimately but a lot of people don't think that it is but you're then technically then this you know, this quite quite small community you're not just fighting against uh, uh, the religious views of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a people or population or a nation or whatever you're finding it's money as well and the money's going to win because that's how our society structures so that must feel so depressing as a point and again that's just you know it's, it's a, it'll be a drop in the wider ocean but when you're a, a small community fighting for le- fighting for legitimacy fighting for acceptance in the world anyone who's on your side must feel like an absolute fucking huge win mm. to the point where let's be honest if Cristiano Ronaldo had stood up that would have been a much bigger win just in terms of global reach for the community but it wasn't. It was Jordan Henderson, a an absolutely fine English footballer, stood up for it, and then to have that to even to, to lose that to feel like you've lost that foothold is almost a bigger kick than anything else. Because then again, you're looking around and going, who else has stood up? Who else is going to stand up? Mm. No one of any big reputation is going to stand. Up. And that's why I thought Kevin O'Neill was was actually brave in doing it because you know she's a journalist that might limit her. Her ability to work in certain spheres, God knows, you know. I mean, Grant Wild got all kinds of stick, didn't he? Going to the World Cup and trying to wear mm-hmm. rainbow t-shirts and all that and all that kind of stuff. It will limit, you know. These things will potentially limit your uh, options in a world where money dominates. And it's strange, uh, and religious because... ideology plus money is almost an unbreakable thing. And we are part of the problem. Is by, by a little bit by having this conversation because we're criticising them. Because he stood up for something, now he changed his mind on it. This and, and I'm saying there before, aren't I? This why players keep them off shut, and we can start that. Yeah. So it's almost, a, it's almost a way. the only way he wasn't going to get. No, it's not, it's not. It isn't lose lose though. Cause he didn't have to go. That's no, that's that's, that's, the, that's yeah. the ultimate of it. 100%. He didn't have to go. He's chose to go. Like, and I get it. Someone's put Matt and they be. Oh well, what would you turn it down? Blah blah blah. Well, I'm not a millionaire. Yeah. And exactly. I still think I would. I might be wrong, but I don't know. But but. I, I get that's the that, I've said that's, it before, yeah. Steve, and it's not the same. But we've I, I've had to turn down media opportunities over the years because mm. they have got because I've made a moral stance. I've said don't buy the don't buy the sun. I've stood behind you know behind the justice campaign and all those kind of things, and that closes media opportunities to you. And I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine with that. By the way, you know because fortunately as Liverpool, we're fortunate that we've got other opportunities that are presented to us. We follow, we follow the biggest club, one of the biggest clubs on the, on the planet, but that's what goes with having morals means that you, you don't get to, to always do everything that, you know, that other people get to do. Mm-hmm. And look, it comes down to it. I don't, I, Ultimately, as a footballer, it's a fabulous opportunity for Jordan Henderson to go in an absolute ton of money. I don't think he would have expected that offer to drop on his table. I, you know, when he, when he sat going you know, doing his preseason preparations, I think he's thinking Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. I don't think he thought for a second he was going to get a phone call saying, "Do you want to come and join the mega riches of the, of the Saudi league?" And there is something to just being wanted. 
and being desired that will have will have you know. And fit. also, mate, he hasn't had a chance to have a say yet. Yes, we exactly. Have, we, we That's need, crucial. Yeah. And I think Steve's point's right. Maybe go. Maybe he. Maybe he is the man who is the brave enough to go and wear a rainbow lace on a side. Maybe he is. Maybe George. Maybe he's doing the opposite, and he goes and goes right. I'm going to be this agent to change. My doubt. I have very high doubts about that, mm. and whether he would be allowed to do it. But. What we're we're sitting here as it stands, we're recording this. It might change, of course, whatever. But Jordan hasn't had to say yet. We just and I think I, I, I think I think it's fair to at some point we'll 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 hear what he's got yeah. to say, and we, and he he definitely should be asked about it, and he will be. Whether that's in his official statement or it's down the line when the first journalist gets a, cam- a microphone in front of him, yeah. someone will ask him about it, and then when we hear what he's got to say, because at, at the moment. And we're, again, we're part of it, so I'm not blaming anyone per se. But like, there's a bit of a pile on. Yeah, it would be yeah because he hasn't left yet. He hasn't had a chance to say. I wonder if he, he might contact Kiva. He might contact Mel Reddy. He might contact the cop house. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And he's allowed to have his say. And this is the thing. We he, he deserves. And he look, deserves ultimately, that, ultimately, Steve. That's fair. He's a he's a, a straight white male who doesn't contravene. The, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, and he he's, he is actually just entitled to go and work how he wants to work and do what he wants mm-hmm. to do yeah. but again it's there's no there's no rules against it there's nothing there's nothing stopping him from doing it it is just a sense of disappointment it won't affect most people's lives moving forward He'll, he's just another footballer who's been at the football club had success and moved on there's tons of Liverpool footballers who've caused the controversy and done things I mean for God's sake we've just read a quote from Graham Souness about the tarnishing legacy who literally went and did an interview with the Sun while he was a Liverpool manager and absolutely ruined his legacy with a ton of Liverpool supporters by the way I'm not sure what the what the percentage of Liverpool fans would think about him but you know that's there's, so there's, again there's an irony to all of this like he is without sin cast the first stone none of us are none of us are free of sin none of us have got have, have ever had perfect morals and not had them changed in the face of you know a variety of situations and whatever i see it before you know every time we make mention of anything involved in the middle east the first instant response is well what about nike what about standard charts and all this nobody's trying to absolve anything of, of blame but it's a one issue debate and just to, you know to kind of speak up for that that community and the, and the and the reputation. If you if you take a strong moral stance on something and then you you change that, then it will it will damage your it will damage your reputation and possibly your legacy in some in some extent. That's just a fact. I'd be interested to know people like say comments and stuff. What people what yeah. people, people themselves think? And, yeah. Because like and the, the, again, there's a survey there. Like I said, the Skyway survey. A lot. Was it almost three quarters of people think it will? Yeah. yeah. And and I, and I if I was asked to vote in that survey, I would say yeah. I do it's think not it going to yeah. take away my Jordan Henderson memories. It's not going to take and away. He's been a good. We, we, he's been, been a brilliant footballer for Liverpool. He's been a good a guy. Brilliant. He's been a great guy. He's done brilliant work for a for a host of charities. You know, he's worked for Alder Hayes, worked for the NHS, yeah. in rallying the captains together during lockdown. He's He's been an inspirational figure for, for multiple communities, for multiple for multiple individuals, for groups of people, for a whole set of fan base across the world, across creeds, colours, religions, everything. He's been a brilliant captain for Liverpool, and I stand by that. I think he's been a brilliant footballer for Liverpool, and that will always that will always remain as well. And I think it's just it's a shame that we have to that someone who's worked so hard, I think, should even have anything. It's a bit you know again a completely different circumstances, but. If you could undo like Gerard slipping, so he just gets to be this magnificent footballer, and only people only remember from the good times. These are completely different. I'm not tri- trying to trivialise it. It's a shame that you don't people don't get to live as perfect, these perfect figures in our in our in our memories. But 
you know, he's a person ultimately, and he's entitled to make his decisions. If he's made that, you know, he's sat down. He won't have done that out of hand. You know, he'll, he'll be well aware of why he's done it. I'm eager to see how he responds. Does he even respond to it? He can, he, and he doesn't have to. By the way, he doesn't have to respond to anything because, again, to the point, he is not a member of the community. He's just been a person who said some nice things about it. Ultimately, um, are we making a bit too much of it? I don't know. I just put to put to Dan's point earlier on. You know, cop out and people from that community are rightfully upset, and I think it's worth bringing to the table. Yeah. Anyway, look, you know, just to wrap up on the Henderson stuff, you can read all about. The other findings of the 2023 Sky Bet Fan Hope Survey. Um, add your voice to the debate and share your season predictions on Sky Bet Fan Central. The link is in the description below. Um, if you go onto the website, I, I went over and did a couple of videos and stuff. So my face is on the Liverpool page on there. Uh, trying to spread a little bit of hope and optimism ahead of the new season because, let's be honest, it was rubbish last year. Um, so fingers crossed that it does that it does improve. Um, but yeah, look, I think that kind of draws a little bit of a, a line under it. Please do have your say on it. You're entitled to your opinion on it. Absolutely. We tread into dangerous waters when we start to talk about what the fundamental building blocks of people. Um, I know, and it does feel like we have, you know, we seem to have a, a greater percentage of these conversations as Liverpool fans over the years. But again, morals are very much at the centre. Morals and politics are very much at the centre of discussions of being Liverpool fans, being scousers as well. So, yeah. Um, quite how I transition out of that into chat about Romeo Lavia um, being linked with a move to Liverpool I don't know so I'm just going to go for it um, Dan Club mm -hmm. um, it went quiet for yeah. a week or so mm -hmm. it feels like in the last 24 hours this is really ramped up again yeah it certainly has certainly this morning yeah. and I think that the going quiet thing is actually an interesting point amongst all of this because we kind of alluded to it earlier like losing Henderson to, to segue there losing Henderson and Fabinho wasn't part of our plan and Steve kind of touched upon us being sort of methodical and I think we're good in transfer windows I sort of hark back to sort of even the Edwards era when he was sort of overseeing this sort of thing when we can be proactive we go into these windows with all our best laid plans and we can sort of laser guide it almost in what we want to do and if felt like once we got McAllister and obviously Sobers live was a bit of a oh go and get that done so that was quite nice but we had our plans and we sort of had one eye on the Lavia situation we were sort of waiting and waiting and waiting but now the Fabinho and Henderson stuff has changed the landscape entirely so it has made us kind of take stock and sort of reevaluate what we want to do but it looks like what we want to do is still Romeo Lavia which is fascinating in itself because he is a specialist six to so come back to what Neil Jones was talking about but I think a lot of us probably me included don't see him as the frontline specialist six. He still should be the understudy. Now, whether Klopp and let Pep Linders, etc., see him as more than that and think he is ready and he is sort of good to go and slot into the role, I'm not sure. But yeah, it has has taken on a new lease of life. Um, obviously, Sasha Tavlieri, who I spoke to this morning, and Florian Plettenberg both speaking about it on Twitter. Um, 35 million bid looks like it's going to be going in at some point. Whether that's enough to get it done remains to be seen. Southampton want 50. Uh, I really like him as a player. Good grounding, come through the Man City Academy as well as the Anderlecht one. So I think there's definitely... Basically, Liverpool don't want to miss out on this player, I think it's fair to say. Whether we see him as the, the six to go from day one, that's where the debate is. I think that's the really interesting point for me on this, and that's why I'm trying not to be outraged at every twist and turn in this transfer window, because there's still time to go, and there's still you know clearly players to come in. If you're telling me that a 19-year-old who's played, and I looked into this, he's played 7,700 minutes as a footballer, like as a professional footballer, and that counts like under 18, Premier League under 18 leagues and all that kind of stuff. Um, as a senior footballer, I think he's played twice as many minutes as Stefan Bacetic. 
I don't. I think you can find gems, and they can they can explode, and they can be perfect. You know, it doesn't matter about the age. So sometimes if you've got a great footballer and potentially can come into your side, and he can do the business for you. I, see, I look at it, and if if we're starting the, the Premier League, and our regular DM is 19 years old, I'm just looking at Man City and going, Roger, he's the best in the world. He's 26. He is the best of the best in that. Declan Rice has been bought for 105 million pound for Arsenal. He's starting that. If we've if we've swapping Fabinho for Ra- Lavia, I think we've weakened our starting eleven, and I think we've weakened our chances of jumping straight back to being a a, a Premier League challenging team. Yeah, potentially. If 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 if, if it's just Lavia and it stops, there. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't. Is he is he even worse than Fabinho was last year? I don't know. Like, Fabinho was really bad. It's not a. But it, uh, to my point, it's not about iso- it's not about isolated standout performances. Fabinho is a senior international yeah, caliber footballer. Yeah, if you crap, if you crap, you crap. If you uh, Fabinho might just be crap now. Okay. So that's that's you might. I don't know. Yeah. I, my guess is he might be because there's there's a reason he accepted it before him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they didn't have to again. They didn't have to accept that, but they didn't want to. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I agree. I I wouldn't want to go into season with just Lavia but like I say they might just think he's good enough they thought Harvey Elliott was good enough to play the game for Liverpool and he was a kid and he'd had what a season at Blackburn on loan really he'd come through had a few half games here for fun a little bit of Liverpool and he had a season he was ready to go they might just think that Lavia is, 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 is good to go so I, I tend to disagree with that I, I'm with you I um, you know do you, the, the, it's Moises Casado the name I keep going back to it's like can you go and get him can you go and stop can you go and hijack this Chelsea thing which feels like it's stolen and there's, that one looks like it unless he's give Liverpool non- but he's, like, really, he's not that good you he know is, mate. I think I, this guy, I think he's brilliant he's not 75 to 80 million pound good though you know? I think he might be if Declan Rice is worth 100 million yeah, yeah. The, and oh, mate there's a fella going for 300 million quid like the, the, the market's mad but the, that it's difficult because I do like, and I, I see your point. I think they just really like Lavia. Whether they like him as good to go number one right now, or they like him as get him in, get him into the club as one of two. I'd like, I would prefer if it's the second one. It's a difficult market to buy him because we've just mentioned some players. You know, if every valuation is set on well, Enzo Fernandez and Declan Rice worth hundred million. It's mm. why it's why Brighton hold now for music Casado. They know they can get it. So maybe Liverpool are you know what's encouraging going back to Casado and then Lavia I'll tie it in. By all accounts, Lavia said it's Liverpool. Yeah. He's made the decision. We think we're maybe Casado's made that for Chelsea. That's yes, why we're not. Yes. He might have. He might have done. We're saying, oh, that's good. Isn't it great? Lavia's done it. Casado might have done that for Chelsea. If he hasn't, I would hope that Liverpool would, would be in the mix for him. But yeah, it's. I think. Listen, I, I think Fabinho was so bad last year that I think you could you could upgrade on him for thirty five million, but. 35 million is not going to get you what Fabinho was. So what are you, what are you aiming for? Yeah. Are you aiming for just a, a very, very good DM who's going to have loads of help because Trent's going to be stood next to him? Or do you want some fella who's on his own, the lighthouse that Fabinho was? Because if you want that, you're probably not getting it straight away. Lavia yeah. might become that. But that's hard to get. So my inkling, and I've had a theory on this, and I, feel, I apologize I've spoken a while there, but I still think Liverpool were holding for Schumaney. I've got a feeling they were really hoping that Real Madrid needed some dough and some space to get Mbappe. And all of a sudden, Mbappe might be going to Saudi Arabia and they're going, well, sound. There's that, yeah. that ship sailed. We'll push the button now and we'll go and get the kids and at least we've got someone and then we'll, we'll, we'll get that, our options. That is my, my overall take on, I think, Liverpool's approach. I don't think this is a summer where we go, the right man's not available, we'll get no one. Yeah. I think they'll just go and get it. They'll, they will just push the button on players this summer. Because that's that's. And if you're going to do that, 
do it on a young player who can grow. Yeah. Don't do don't do that on fucking Amrabat. Yeah. Who you think that might be his level and then we're saying well, you know they, like, they might do they might, they do, might both. do both. Yeah. But, but, but you need to do both. But, do both. But Steve, this is the this is the point. I think people are and this is why my confidence comes from fear. And I th- I just don't think I'm the only one who feels the yeah. fear is Liverpool can't afford another season like last season. They can't afford to gamble again. No one at that club can afford to gamble. The owners can't afford to gamble. The manager can't afford to gamble. And then, you know, the players who are on who are taking to the pitch can't afford it because we're one more season of Europa League football away from being a Europa League team. Yeah. You know, you can say it's a blip but you've got to get back on the horse. And that's why I think Lavia, they're just going, right, fuck it. That, you know, it's it's in an ideal situation because he's not exactly what they think they want in terms of age, profile, experience, all that kind of thing. He breaks a bit of the mould. He's a gam- he's a gamble, even yeah. though he's, he, he looks a good player in the Premier League. But I think they're, they're left with this, right, fuck it, we'll get, we're better off gambling on on players than a, than, a lack of, than a lack of players this time. So you, 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 you bid for him. 35 is the figure. They got offered 40 last summer by Chelsea and they turned it down. They know that this time next year, Man City have got a buyback clause at 40. So so what they can afford to say, it's 50, take it or leave it, because if you don't take it, we'll keep him in our team and he'll give us 12 months of trying to get back into the Premier League. So we're in a win-win situation. So they hold all the cards in that regard. They, they, they pick the price. They want 50 for Liveramento. He's been out for a year. Mental. That, yeah. That's just the way they're doing the things that they're doing. Across the season, last season, we all sat there and thought, that's a big responsibility for an 18-year-old sitting at the base of your midfield, having to have panoramic vision and see everything, and we're potentially going to spend £50 million to, to double that quota at that age because there's not a lot between them. The point the, the point you made about the minutes is, is so inexperienced. To go and spend £50 million on a player in there, and I'll take your point before, that it shouldn't just be him. There's got to be, there's got to be somebody else that him and Besetic can learn from. And I don't think Amrabat's your man for that job either. It's really, really difficult. I like the idea that we're holding off, holding off, because on the way in in the car, um, the murmurings from France are that he's not even going to entertain going to Saudi Arabia and that PSG think he's already agreed his contract with Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. So hopefully Real Madrid need the money to balance the books. And we throw the Henderson money at the Fabinho money and what we've got at T- to Chemini, and then the world changes. Then you've then you've got that ready-made plug-in that goes and does your job for you. I I can't see how it changes bringing a 19-year-old into the base of the midfield too much from how it was last year with an 18-year-old. They don't have the experience. Only just in so much as yeah, right now it's, a it's better than not. It's yeah. better than Agreed. what we've got, which is yeah. literally yeah. no one. Bacetta is only just starting to come back to training. Mm. Thiago's getting closer as well. That changes the landscape, but Thiago's not robust enough to be your proper. Week in, week out, DM and Bacchetta. You need you need to be careful of him. You need to nurture these players. Got a stress injury for playing too much. Yeah. Exactly. See, I I don't know. I might, and again, I, I might be reading this completely wrong. I, I I thought if they went Lavia, that allows them to do what they don't usually do and do stopgap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't have to worry about. It. So if you get Lavia in, then you can get Amrabat or Polina, for example. It's diff- he's just done a shoulder, so that's him off the book. But mm-hmm. but. That's what I, that's what my thinking was. If they get the if they get the kids in who, who's there and they develop, that gives you thirty million quid to go. You know what? We don't really like doing this, but he's twenty seven and he, we'll get two two or three years out of him. That's what that gives you. So maybe that's a part of it as well. They they surefire themselves for the future. They get the lad who could be at Liverpool for five years by spending forty million quid on the on the teenager. And in while while he does this development that you and Steve rightly both say he probably needs, go go and get your. You go and get your Casemiro, or you know, not, maybe not that that good, but of an age where you just go, you know, you'll play 
and Lavia can develop. Yeah. That's what it, that's what this potentially does for them. They've never done it before, really. Thiago is mm. a big exception to a rule. Maybe that's on the cards. Maybe there's someone down the line, whether it's an Amrabat, it might have been Paulini again before he'd done his shoulder. Maybe that's on the cards where they're going to... Well, we can't get the 24-year-old. Why don't we get the 19-year-old and the 27-year-old? And it might pay the same amount of money for both of them. Yeah. Maybe that's on the... I, I think, don't know, maybe. I think, that, I think there's a couple of situations, you're right, that have happened in the last few days in Liverpool. I think they've been slow playing it a touch because they've had a little bit of time. No need to push the button because something might have developed. And that's there's a fine line between taking... You know, you can do it on the pitch, on the football pitch. People who, who are inexperienced or panicky, it's like, just boot the ball. You watch junior football... Just kick the ball down the pitch. Kick the ball down the pitch. The better you are, the more the game slows down around you, and the more you you wait and things develop. You know, some other people move, the landscape shifts, and you get to capitalise. But there is just comes a point where you've just held on too long and you've been sworn and you lose the ball. You. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and Liverpool, I think of I think they've handled this transfer market really well for that. They've taken the time that they've needed to get what needs to be done. But I think we've now we've done those two practice games. I mean, we, it was behind closed doors that last one. You know, if you want to talk about like meaning in a game if that had any meaning they'd have sold they'd have put it in a stadium with 30,000 people and made a ton of dough out of it it was a practice game now we're at the point now this is the proper pre-season kind of starts now and now you're actually wasting time by not having footballers footballers in yeah. with you and so I think they looked at it and gone Polini's just picked up an injury so that kind of takes him off takes him off the table there's no point in buying him now at his age if he's got that, if he's got that injury if Mbappe moved, that the too many stuff looks like that window opportunity is just not going to line up with us, right? That might come around on like the final day of the transfer window. You might be able to sneak in, but you can't afford to play that game. That's 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 too much of a gamble to wait for that. Mm-hmm. And so Lavia, you know he wants to play for you. You know he's there. He's a better fit for the DM slot than someone like Kevin Teram or other lads that we I think we've gotten close with over the summer. Um, and so this just feels like the point now where they've gone, right, it's in ideal, but let's go and box that and then we can move on so with I, whatever I, I, comes I, next. I disagree on the in ideal bit. I think they really like him, but I think they really like him in the in the, in the same way. I think they, they really like him as a Fabinho. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. I think, but they, I think they really like him. I, I, I think it's in ideal if he's the best DM at the football club when you start the season. That that would be yeah. in ideal. But we, I think what we're doing, mate, and I'm, I'm, again, this might come back and bite us, I think... I'm still giving them the benefit of the doubt that this allows. This doesn't. This isn't spending 70 million, 80 million quid and blowing your budget. This this should be wiggle room. He's going for. You might get him for the same as what you get getting back for Fabinho, for example. And then you you yeah. still got other you know, the money that you also have available plus whatever Henderson goes for plus after the other lads who are about to be sold or your Phillipses and whatever. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they are going to get another one. I wouldn't be comfortable Liverpool going into the start of the season where. Lavia, you say who's the best DM at the club? Is it Lavia or Bacetic? It should be who's the best DM, and then who's better, Lavia or Bacetic to back him up. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you don't want you don't want both. We've had a super chat in from Matty Gorman. Uh, says uh, get Casado in, Bacetic can be his understudy. We don't need Lavia. And to go back to your point, is that when it, when football is played in our football manager understanding of it, I agree. You know, well you can just go and pay him the money and whatever. It stands to reason to me that there's more. There's there's got to be something going on behind the scenes. There's no way we've not spoken to Casado because there was a rumor last year mm. that we almost had that agreed at the end of the season, but we couldn't get it over the line before the window, which is why we went with um, the the invisible Brazilian in the mid in the midfield instead. Um, 
so they've clearly had conversations with Casado over the over, the, and it, it goes, it's like the, it's like the Bellingham stuff. If they just feel like he's not the right personality type, and bear in mind this is a guy who spat his dummy out in January and, and, and wrote a yeah, wrote a farewell letter to the the Brighton to try and force a move. Mm-hmm. I know you need a little bit of that, but they might have looked at Casado and gone, "You're a gobshite, you." And I actually, not only are you not worth the money, but we don't think you're the right personality. Fit. Or they've had, or they've had the, the nod that he's going to exactly, Chelsea. Yeah. They, they've yeah. moved on from Bellingham. They pro- everyone's going oh Liverpool can't afford them there's a very good chance he went going to Real Madrid the, you know the reason Newcastle pulled out the Sober slide bid because he said going to Liverpool mm. like we, we, we just presume like Chelsea is a draw still you'd be like I get it. they're not playing in, they're not playing in Europe I get it but they're a big club they win things mm-hmm. they are in London they're going to pay him a fucking load of dough yeah. he might have just said I want to go to Chelsea mm-hmm. and Liverpool have gone sound because we've said before, haven't you, Jürgen? Yeah. He, he won't. He'll, he'll talk to you, but if you don't get the yet, then sound. I'll, I'll go somewhere else. Doesn't really want to be sat there convincing footballers. If by all accounts, and again, I spoke to Neil on Jeno Winters a few weeks ago about Casado, and he said the people at Liverpool he spoke to think he's going to Chelsea. Yeah. That was the answer. We think now the also things th- can change. Things, of course, they can because Sobers they thought Sobers was going to Newcastle. Yeah. So think things, of course, can develop. But you're right. I, I think either they balked at the price. Or he's told them he's going. It's a big price. I would like. I still think he's worth paying it for. But I do understand the the reluctance if if the, if, if if that's it. But yeah, he is great. He is, he's he's. I mean, if you said to me now, Lavia and Casado, I think I don't. I think ninety nine point nine percent of yeah. Liverpool fans are shooting. If you buy him from in the Premier League, he's the one because it looks like he's going to move. So you know, it's not like you're trying to get an, an immovable object yeah. out of a football club. There's clearly he's you know he's a wobbly tooth at Brighton at the moment, isn't he? You know what I mean? He's, he's clearly Call available. Wobbly gold tooth. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think with with the Amrabat and Lavia thing is is there's no light and de- day and night between them in terms of ability. Amrabat's a decent player. Lavia is a decent player who's only going to get better. There's no marked difference between where they're at right now. Lavia will give you a bit more physically. Amrabat's a bit more experienced, might make different decisions. Mm-hmm. You you want someone, and if Thiago was, was, was able to stay fit, he'd be perfect to play in that role because he would find your eights all day long with the ability and he's been a deep line midfielder. He's, he's for, not alongside Trent, though. Do you need him alongside Trent for the sake of Trent, you're passive, isn't he? But he's, there, a, he's a deep line midfielder for, for Bayern Munich. I wasn't think he's he? getting injured. need a bit more. Yeah, and the injury thing means you, you kind of have to rule that out. But the guy that's sitting at the base of your midfield is is, is arguably one of your key key areas. Oh. To put a 19-year-old in there... Well, Maybe I, I think Liverpool's massive. biggest... I think Liverpool's biggest issue last season, there was loads of them, was how fucking crap Fabinho was. Absolutely. And second biggest issue was how crap Jordan Henderson was. And I think if you can sort those two out, Liverpool can go from fifth to, to title challenges completely. Yeah, I but agree. I, I think because they, they were massive issues. If you'd never watched the Reds before and you hadn't seen what Fabinho had done three years ago or Henderson had done four years or two years ago... You go, why are they in your team? Because they're 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 hurting Rubbish you. Like. They're a net negative. So l- l- maybe getting Lavia in d- just raises the floor, and you and you go, you know what? It, it can't be that bad, but, it, look, but it could be. Yeah, yeah. Klopp and Peplin are, are expert coaches, and you know if anyone can take the raw materials or something and turn it into more and better, they're better with younger players than they are with older players who aren't setting the ways and all that kind Get of stuff. Like, so true, yeah. you know you're gonna and it's easy, you know, teach a teach a new job, a new dog, new tricks, as it were, you know, as opposed to teaching an old one. Um, it'll be it'll be what it be. And again, we keep we're tr- we're having we're trying to keep this like an open ended conversation, and rather than it be put a full stop at the end of it as though this is it and done it's Lavia and then the shutters go up that's Liverpool done Mate, if, if anyone's speaking with any certainty in this transfer window 
they're wrong. fools. Yeah. Because look at this transfer window. It's mental out already. Not just Liverpool, all over the world. Declan Rice, £100 million. There's a fella being offered £700 million to go and play in the Middle East. There's Harry Kane's been turning down four hundred grand a week. And, you know, Messi's just gone to America. Like, the, the, the landscape of football is so unpredictable at the moment. And that's, I think that doesn't suit Liverpool. Liverpool, Liverpool like the you know ducks in a row, and they like to have everything lined up. And I just don't, I just don't know if you can be that now. And and you you might have to start being. It, this might suit your Chelsea's and Uniteds who are always a little bit more Chaos. fuck it. Yeah. You know what I mean? A, a little bit more like we, we'll go with the flow and we'll do it. They might thrive more in this market, and Liverpool are going to have to learn to adapt. I do, to yeah, it. I do think, and that's what I say about this. I just think Liverpool are going to speculate a bit more in this window they than they to, ever they have, have to, to because they've got because they've literally got no choice. And it goes back to this whole thing: all the things they get used to bash these people with is they. If, if you think Liverpool's owners are penny pinchers, but if they're penny pinchers, then they're not going to want to own a football club that loses hundreds of millions off the valuation by not being a Champions League team anymore. So that there's a, there will be a, a, an algebraic equation that says it's worth us spending X to be able to maintain Y, you know, and Jürgen Klopp again has gone, he's loyal to players. I do think that's why they've got Schmacker in, because Schmacker's a bellend. And I think it's a bit of like Klopp's going, I can't really be the guy to turn around to the guys and go, you're not, it's not you anymore. They've got someone that's in. That's how we look at Valor. Didn't even speak to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but that's it. You've got someone who goes in and does those hard conversations for you. Mm, so yeah. I just think Liverpool are going to be a bit more ruthless. But again, we can't, it's, can judge anyone on anything you want. But like, you know, I, I, it's still, there's still time for things to happen. Klopp has quite cleared himself on that podcast the other day. There's, we know, we just know we've got to. Losing those two players means it's, there's no choice now but to go into the market. And it does mean that you, we're, we're probably going to be bullied on price a little bit more, which is not what we like, but we've got no choice now. Because the alternative is more Europa League. Your best players fucking off, your manager fucking off, and your overall value of the football club shrinking down. Your so Arsenal you, for the last ten, yeah, five Man years, United, the last yeah, five years, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'll come back again because you will, because it's a huge club. But if you want to capitalise on get back and and, and continue to get let the good times continue to roll, then you've got to push. You've got to push in the next couple of weeks. Um, right, Santa, we're going to wrap up there. Uh, just to let you know, uh, we set it up nicely in the middle of the studio. Was the brand new uh, Bobby Firmino book? You can grab it. I was say, uh, yeah, Dan's a bit more flexible than me. Um, the best in the world, Bobby Firmino book has finally landed. Um, you can pick them up right now on redmanmerch.com. It's huge. It's wonderful. It's full colour. It's got loads of amazing pictures, stories written by by myself, by Dan, and by Steve Hoare as well. You can get an author-signed edition signed by all three of us. Uh, go and check it out on redmanmerch.com. Uh, yeah, because they're here. And any woodies that I had that they might not turn out to be absolutely splendid have been totally put to bed. Uh, there is that huge anxiety that comes where you, co- printing books cost lots of money. It's a, it was a, it was a, a significant... There was, there was more zeros on it that I would tend to pay for anything in my life pressing that okay button and knowing that it's all on me if it's not right was a heart stopping moment but we've got it it's beautiful I'm incredibly proud of it and uh, yeah it's um, it's great for all ages great for Bobby Firmino fans great for Liverpool fans if you're looking for a gift for yourself or a red in your life then no one's going to be disappointed if they if they unwrap that and see that absolute beautiful behemoth in their hands uh, so yeah redmenmerch.com for that's that that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> um, right thank you so much Redmen Originals Podcast we'll be back on Monday is it back on Monday next week? I've got no idea. Should really play Sunday, don't we? Yes, so, yeah. back yeah. on a Monday next week. So thank you so much for waiting an extra day because Liverpool have ruined our lives by playing midday friendlies on Mondays. But there we go. Uh, right, see you all soon. Ta-da. 
Hey everyone, what's happening? Are you a huge Roberto Firmino fan? Well, why don't you check out our brand new book, Bobby Firmino, Best in the World. It is available right now for pre-order. It is a prestige A4 format book with incredible stories, fantastic stats, insight, photographs, and unique artwork from a whole host of incredible Liverpool artists as well. So yeah, for you and for any great Roberto Firmino super fan in your life, celebrate the life and times of the boy from Maciao, the boy from Brazil, the boy that the cop absolutely adored, and it's available on pre-order on redmenmerch.com right now.